Hello again, foolish mortals, and welcome to the basement cinema and home of the Saturday Night Freak Show. <laughs> I'm Colin, I'll be your host, and who else do we have here tonight? I am Brent, I will be uh, your sound technician and contributor to the Saturday Night Freak Show. I am Travis, and hopefully you have good dreams for me to steal. I'm Tom, and I burgle. Burgle? Interesting. Burgle. 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 Are you confessing to something right here? Yeah. Some burglar? Uh, I'm a burglar for hire. Interesting. Law enforcement officials may want to look into this. Uh, so tonight's film was my pick, and it's The City of Lost Children, a French film from 1995. It was directed by a guy named uh, Jean-Pierre Junet. Uh, and... Uh, I don't know, how would we describe this movie? It is a fantasy adventure. Yeah. It feels like a <laughs> fantasy adventure through the lens of a Terry Gilliam film <laughs> camera, if that makes sense. Even though it's not Terry Gilliam. Yeah. Well, see, I, I, I would call it, I would definitely call it a fantasy movie, because it's like, I mean, it takes place in a place that's not like... Okay, anywhere I, that exists on I would, Earth. I would say it's a steampunk... A steampunk uh, film before steampunk was around? No, steampunk was around then. Was steampunk's it? been around for a while, yeah. It does have that aesthetic, which is really cool. All the yeah. kind of do-it-yourself mechanical... Yeah, I mean, it, it, it would be classified as a steampunk movie, I would definitely say. I mean, it's a steampunk, because steampunk's all about, like, this weird, like weird um you know steampunks are fantasy pretty much for the most part yeah and so they got a lot of steampunk stuff going on and steampunk is saying like we'll make uh so it's taking ancient or old old form technology and saying like you know we're going to make a computer but we're going to make it out of like a cathode ray tube and a typewriter and you know yeah it definitely has like cogs yeah, I mean, it's got a lot of yeah. You gotta have cogs, right? And everybody's yeah. gotta have at some point. There's gotta be the goggles, which goggles. I think actually did show up in that movie a couple the times. Blind. Well, a few all times. the blind guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got a whole group of goggle dudes. The Cyclops. Yeah. I just call it adventure, just because the, the the story structure is very you know just onto this, onto that, onto you know. I mean, it's almost like a. It's almost. Like, I think it almost has like an animated structure to the whole thing. Yeah, I mean, I I caught that too. I think it. I mean, just in looking at like the character designs in this movie, it's a very beautiful movie. It, it seems like it's a very. It's a movie like designed by an illustrator. For Does that sure. make any sense? Oh yeah. It's like yeah. just looking at like the way that. I mean, even the. Look uh, at. The strong hair. Yeah, and his costume, you know, with the stripes and all that. I mean, the the movie's about a uh, uh, a mad inventor or a clone who steals children's dreams because he doesn't have any of his own, and he steals the uh, uh, little brother, for lack of a better word, of uh, the circus strongman, which is played by American actor Ron Perlman. He teams up with a, a little pickpocket girl to go recover. Uh, his stolen uh, brother, and it's just a wild, like phantasmagorical visual feast. Indeed, it's got the visual going on. But yeah, I, w I mean, I was I picked it because I, I saw this back. I think I saw it like on video back in '95, and I mean, it, it does have that Terry Gilliam thing going for it. Yeah, 
I mean, it's just very striking in, in the look. I mean, you know, as a, the uh, I know there was a guy named uh, Mark Caro, who I think is the heavy, you know, he's the heavy like designer on this, and then Jean-Pierre Junet is the director. Great. And uh, Junet also did before this a movie called Delicatessen. Have any of you guys seen that? No. I haven't seen it, but I'm aware of it. Well, I think the the two of them may have done that, and then after this, I think Junet went on to do um, Alien Resurrection, and then uh, he did Amelie. Yeah, oh, yeah. Amelie is fantastic. Yeah, you definitely see Amelie. I, I was going to ask you about that. Movie. Okay, well, yeah. I would definitely say so. I didn't know he did it. I've seen Amelie. You yeah. see the similarities in this, that like the way it's shot, as you do in Amelie, definitely. Yeah. He did two more since then. I, th- I believe there's a very long engagement and uh, Micmacs, which I've seen them both, but I don't know. I just they didn't engage me as much. But uh, I mean, Amelie is like a very. I mean, he's a very whimsical kind of director. I mean, kind of like yeah. Terry Gilliam is. Right. You know, where they have this like just kind of headlong, you know, absurdity about you know. Yeah, it's just fun. Well, you were saying like about the, uh, the the Final Destination kind of Rube Goldberg. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, some you of those sequences hit something else that makes this happen, makes that happen, and it comes back to the characters. Yeah, <laughs> from, from a teardrop to bird shit to, you know, eventually causing a, a a tanker to crash into the docks is just. I mean, there's more to it than that, but yeah, but it's just like but it's, it's just endlessly inventive. It's one of those yeah. things where it just seems like you know you feel that the people who made it were. Just inventing cool, just being creative. Every like small every, thing yeah. has a, uh, almost like a punchline to the scene. Almost, you know, something that makes it funny, makes it fun, you know. Yeah. Yeah, you could just throw people off a dock, but hey, you put them on these planks <laughs> that are weighed down by fish and the seagulls eat the fi- You know, it's just kind of a, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. it's almost yeah. like a James Bond trap or a, like an Adam West Batman trap. Right, <laughs> you know, yeah, you yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> right. you wait for this to happen before this can happen and gives your characters times to think of a way out or <laughs> or whatever, but you have your let your audience have fun. Yeah. I was thinking that this is almost... You know, uh, like a predecessor to just the way they make fantasy movies now. You know, if you s- look at the trailer to The Great and Powerful Oz, oh. then look at this, you know, yeah. you can see how nowadays yeah. that's how they make fantasy movies. Yeah. That hyper-realism, the, you know, just lush colors. Well, I'm trying to think, too, because, I mean, the whole thing has that kind of, the feel of, like, a very stage-bound production, you know, like everything's on a soundstage. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're outdoors, but it's totally built indoors. Right. You know, yeah. kind of like, uh, you know, I was thinking like Blade Runner and, uh, oh man, something else occurred to me while we were watching the movie and I can't remember what it was. But you know what I'm talking about. It's like, oh, you know, for sure. Uh, yeah. Even Dark City. Dark City's another one. But I don't see that, like, usually how movies, you can see where the stage starts and, and, you know, I don't get that feeling with this movie. You know, they make it look like there's enough alleyways and twists and turns right, that yeah. it goes on in your imagination. It's just always kind of dark or night, you know, while everything's <laughs> going on. There's never a whole lot you of, you know, bright sunlight. When we were watching Little Shop of Horrors, you know, there's the one oh, that, street yeah, that, with yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bri- you know, and it's like, yeah. it looked good, but you could tell it's a soundstage, where this at least did lots, you know, they made the most of it, you know, yeah. or, I mean, yeah. hell, I mean, they had to have had, like, some sort of huge pool just to make it look like it's some the sort green of, green water, like, island city or something yeah, I know, like, like that, what? some sort of Venice. Yeah, 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 it's like, we're going to take, <laughs> yeah, because right, I remember thinking about that, too, it's like, we're going to have, like, canals. 
everywhere. You know, there's just always this like, you know, impression that there's water all over the place. Tom's being kind of quiet over there. Tom, I think, has something to say about the city of lost children. Now, maybe we should lead up to like how Tom became exposed to this movie. Oh well, I mean, I be, I became exposed to this movie, but because Colin has a poster of it in his basement. And I've seen this poster for, like, many years. And the poster, it's, like, aesthetic, kind of reminds me a lot of Bioshock, which is a video game. And so it, it has this, like, bio, I'm like, it's got this Bioshocky feel. So, like, I have this, like, preconceived notion that this movie's going to be, like, all about, like, bi- it's going to have, like, this Bioshock, like... So you would say you were judging this book by the cover, literally? <laughs> yeah. Bi- Bioshock's a video game that takes place in, like, an alternate 19... Was it 1960? Yeah, it's like 1920s or 1930s or... And it's 40s. in, like, an underwater... Uh, it's a city underwater, so it's like a, a hermetically sealed underwater city. So that's what we were and expecting. W- watching this movie um, today, actually, like, there were a lot of stuff from... Uh, I recently played uh, Dishonored. Which is like uh, also it's a game that came out last year has a lot of cyberpunk elements to it too. Uh, you're like an assassin in a in a weird kind of cyberpunky world, and that had like a lot of aesthetics from this too. I, I noticed a lot. Um, yeah, I mean, I really really liked the art design of this movie, like the whole cyberpunk stuff, the way those ships were like unnaturally huge and just like steel and the way like the backgrounds were like they had like two separate cities on islands and like I mean like I really liked the art design of this movie I fucking hated the script I hated I hated the <laughs> no, acting no, no really what'd you think I hated the acting I really really hated the acting I thought it was fucking terrible do you not like Who? French people is that what the problem is yeah I mean th- there was like there was Who no is? emotion from any of what? That one guy, like, cried the whole way through the goddamn movie. He was stressed out. He yeah, Marcelo, the, I mean, uh, like, the uh, Okay, so Marcelo had owner. some emotion, but, like, otherwise it was just, like... Crank I, had no soul, damn it. He's I not going to have... Did you imagine not feel, being able to dream? <laughs> I just I just did not feel... You didn't have the like, depth thought, of feeling for Crank, the poor bastard? the acting couldn't... was fucking terrible. I thought the script was awful. And... The... And and the, and the the director. I thought the script was awesome. I thought the director was like that. That. I mean, visually amazing. Forward thinking. I like the art design of that movie, and that's about all I liked of that movie. Like, I love that movie. Like, as they like, if they could have took everything from that movie and made a totally different movie, <laughs> that would have been awesome. <laughs> now, I think we're getting into, like, the 80s thing, where you say that you hate the 80s, but then you talk about all the great movies from the 80s. You just, you, you're you're saying that you like all the different elements of the no, film. No, I, I, liked, I liked the art design, yeah. I, I thought so, it had a really, really cool look. Um, it... It's like it's a weird movie because it's like made in the '90s, but it has like a look like it was made in like the '70s. Yeah, it definitely does have that look. Yeah, that like, or at least 80s. like it does not look like it was made in the '90s. The, it uh, looked like it was made in like the 
80s, if not 70s. I don't know what that means. It's totally got like the CG print of... The like, the like I was just saying, it looks like stuff. wonderful, you know, the great power for laws. It yeah, looks like yeah. the way they make fantasy movies nowadays. I don't think it looks old. Well, I mean, it's I what it is. It's 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 got like a retro. I mean, that's what the whole steampunk thing is. Yeah. It's got that retro. It looks like the year is supposed to be like 1910. Yeah. You know, it looks you know early well, you early. Know the uh, well, just thinking about like maybe the look. The cinematographer on it was Darius Kanji, and he did seven. David Fincher brought him over, and he did. Oh couple, really? I think he did. Maybe he did the game too. I'll have to look into that. But yeah, he did a couple things here. So they were like. He was one of the pioneers on that whole uh, bleach bi- bypass look. And I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah, I, I mean, like the fact that yeah. you know it was made in the '90s, but looks like it was made in the '70s. That that's not a slight against the movie at all. All right. So the problem is the story. Yeah, I, 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 this movie. I, this movie opens up with a scene like a Christmas scene with Santa Claus. I didn't coming like down the story. I didn't through like the, the chimney. I mean, and there's I a, the acting was fucking terrible. There's a is boy. Because you didn't understand what they were saying. Is it because uh, reading it, you couldn't actually add the, you know... I mean, I mean it, it may have been the fact that it was, like, it was subtitled because, like, by reading it... Are you a no-subtitle guy? I gotta know this about somebody. Are you a, like, no, you don't... You know, when people say, I don't read movies, are you are you one of those? I... No, I actually... I usually watch movies, like, I'll, I'll watch movies at home with subtitles. Like, English with subtitles. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just because I kind of like, you know, like... You know, in those really, really quiet scenes, I don't like missing dialogue or mm. something like that. Um, but the problem that I have with a lot of foreign movies is, like... It's like you really can't, like, tell, like, inflections. Like, if somebody's, like... You know, like, if someone's giving a speech and they're, like, distraught or there's, like, emotion, there's, like, that tone, you know, that tone. But that's all you got to hear is the tone, right? It's that, Isn't ton- it there it's anyway? that tonal change, yeah. right? There's a tonal change. Mm-hmm. And, like, in this movie, there was no tonal change in anyone. That's really interesting because, like, I, I prefer watching, say, like, a, a, a subtitled movie where you hear the original dialogue of the actor because that way I get the inflections. That I don't get when I watch. Right. I wasn't over. getting the inflections, so, so I was just like, thinking that the action I mean, everybody is well, a little subtle. I mean, I can say that I it's a subtle like, movie. No one's freaking out necessarily. That's why I was like so distanced about the act. I mean, maybe yeah, if you were French, was bad. that was is it, fucking But is it the is it, you, so you're saying the actors were terrible at their job that you think, or that you just don't like that acting style? Because it's a, I mean, it's a stylistic kind of. Uh, well, I mean, yeah, cause the, it's all theatrical. It's yeah. all. There's, yeah, a, I mean, it's there's either also over exaggerated or. Yeah, I mean, all the the clones, uh, Dominic oh, uh, Pinon or whatever he that plays. Guy, he's a clown. He's got, yeah, this rubbery face, and he just kind of plays this like goofy. You know. he, he he did a he did it he did an okay job. That's what made me fall in love with this movie. Um, the first time I saw it was just how crazy he but was. But like Ron Perlman didn't do a good job, and oh, Ron Perlman's the, acting in fucking like he's acting a French he's acting and a Russian guy a with a, a French Russian accent. guy who's speaking French <laughs> or speaking French with a Russian accent. And he's American. Ron Perlman actually he's done stuff. Uh, he did uh, Chronos for Guillermo del Toro. That was a Mexican movie. Where he went and sp- he did the whole movie in Spanish, 
I mean, that guy is like something else. <laughs> yeah, and you look at Ron Perlman from uh, this movie and then look at him from Drive and the difference in the characters that yeah. he's able to play. This is like the gentle giant, like, and in yeah. Drive he's like the hardcore, you know, mafia guy. Yeah. yeah. And also, like, the, I mean, most of the, the, the cast of this, well, not most, but a good portion of the cast in this is like kids who are, I don't know how old they are, but they're like 12 years old. I mean, you yeah. know. I I like movies like this where kids are, you know, the impression I got is that they're supposed to, they're older than they look because they've been raised on the streets. They're a bunch of pickpockets, right? So it's kids, you know, wearing hats and and coats and they're running around and, you know, they have to depend on each other. And it's kind of like they're doing stuff that you don't see kids in movies do. Usually kids in movies are like, it's my kid and he, look at him, he's so precious. But these ones are like, they're the little gang of thugs. You well, know? I almost right. take this as, oh, like, I could actually consider this a children's fantasy movie, you know? really. I mean, yeah. I don't I really take this as yeah. a, like, an adult fantasy at all. Even yeah. though your character's a strong man, you know, you're not supposed to relate with him. I mean, well, if, you're, if you're a little boy and you're lost, you want a big brother looking out for you. I feel that's how you're supposed to take yeah. looking at this. Well, he's and because he's basically a kid in a in a grown man's body, right? I mean, that yeah, is yeah, the they definitely of... set up that that the the little girl always talked about that how he's really not grown for some. Yeah, I mean, they he's didn't a simple guy. Yeah, yeah, and I, I don't know if they were supposed to mean that he was stupid or if he's just. So simple, I would say. I mean, I would yeah. not, you know, dumb, you know, dumb. Just well, he's coming from a sideshow at the circus where, like, his main thing is to break the chains. You know, and I, he's not like a smart guy. Because I thought it came from just since he's Russian, and obviously, yeah. I thought it was supposed to be kind of like he's simple, just because he can't really express himself as he would in his own language. That's how right, I took yeah, it. Yeah, I didn't really yeah, take yeah, it like yeah, it was stupid. Right, yeah. I just yeah. thought that, you know, he can't get his his words across to this little girl just because I'm sure they wouldn't understand each other. Right. Then. Well, right. you said about, you know, that this is a kid's, you know, almost a kid's fantasy. The last time I remember seeing this, which has been, like, quite a while now, but I thought that same thing. I'm like, you know, I mean, it's rated R. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's an well, I guess R. Rated. There are, uh, and there's top Yeah, there's top Yeah, but I mean, that's, you know, one of those things where, like, it, the way that it's done, it's like, okay, really, if you were 12 years old, would that be a, a big deal? It was you almost know, I right. say that it is, but, like, fast that you yeah, almost missed it. Yeah, it's a group of, uh, like, uh, I don't know if they're chorus girls or dancers. <laughs> that was actually in the... Uh, of, uh, uh, they run out of the back of a, a club, and, you know, it's a distant shot, and they're screaming, it's a funny, it's supposed to be funny. Well, that was one of the that was uh, one of the sequences, and uh, the girl has the tear fall on the spider web. It, it like wakes the dog up. The dog wakes the bum up. The bum throws the whiskey. The whiskey sets the bird off. The bird shits on the car window. The car smashes into the fire hydrant. The water. Uh, was it the water that hit the electrician guy when he was, like, staring at the booze? Uh, the water... No, the water, uh, it, it clogged up in the drain, and the rats went into the... Oh, went down, <laughs> yeah. flowed into the, the club, <laughs> and then the girls come running out, 
the guy who's the electrician yeah, he's the looking pole, at the girls. looking at the girls, he blows the pole, all the lights go out, and so the, the, the lighthouse, lighthouse goes, goes out. out. <laughs> and the, uh, yeah, that's brilliant. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and the but, big I mean, tank. You know, that's like a, I mean, that's directing. Yeah, storytelling. I mean, that thing is that's that's visual design. Visual storytelling. That's yeah. why I was wondering if this guy did any animation at all before, because I mean, most movies just aren't formulated that way. Yeah, they don't show storytelling that way. But I have to wait. Hold on, I have to call call out Tom. Is part of the reason maybe that you weren't so interested in the story is because of that phone right there? No, <laughs> I saw that phone come up a lot. Well, that usually means that Tom he's checked out of the movie. So but at, that started early. That early it's like, on. I'm not into this. And then he gets on the phone. <laughs> I thought there was a no uh, no phones policy uh, in the theater. Did, the, uh, <laughs> did you I give mean, it a chance? I mean, oh, all yeah, the way yeah, through. Yeah, did you not like Actually, the script because you didn't read the screen? Hold on. So if he's on the phone and it's a subtitled film, and what is going on here? I mean, I think the story could seem choppy. <laughs> we just need, you know, the complete open minds to. I just want to make sure that you had an open mind while watching the film. I guess is. I did. Yes, I did. Because I know going in, you were pretty stoked about it because of the Bioshock thing. But <laughs> you can't, you can't base uh, your hopes off of a movie from a different video game or a different media. You know, but. To uh, you know, to the point of Bioshock. I mean, I do feel that 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 whoever you know, the designers of that video game, like stole a lot, like outright stole a lot well, of stuff from yeah. this. I mean, the, well, like know, I said, this was. I mean, it was like almost a predecessor to all these big yeah. fantasy. I mean, even things. the fact that you got like the you know at the point where the uh, the you know you did have the guy in the diving suit picking up the little girl I'm like it's the big daddy and the little sister and now you're calling little sister and you know the whole yeah the visual look of it kind of it does lend itself to well yeah I mean I guess that's what you're getting you're getting the origin of everything that this film has influenced in the last you know yeah because I saw 15, this movie when 20. I was 14 in 96 oh wow yeah so I was still kind of a kid when I saw that that's how I really related to it you know, as a child's movie that I had been watching, you know, it's got those same themes. The Even the bad guy isn't really threatening. You yeah. know, the bad guy, he's sad, really. He's yeah, evil yeah, because yeah, yeah. he's sad and desperate. Yeah. And, you yeah. know, he can't dream, so he's stealing kids to steal their dreams, and he can't understand why he's only getting nightmares from these kids. <laughs> but he's like, you, the, you stole them, you know, out of their homes. I yeah. can't figure <laughs> out why they're having nightmares, right, you know. Yeah. And, and that Uncle that, Irvin dude is trying to tell him it's you who's the nightmare. And Uncle Irvin's yeah. great because he's like a, a, he's brain a brain in a fish in tank. tank. That is like the most steampunk thing out of the whole yeah, yeah, movie. Yeah. He hears or he talks out of uh, the, like phonograph. Yeah, phonograph. Uh, uh, whatever you want to call him, speaker. Yeah. yeah. He's got like a some kind of. <laughs> Oh, I love the eye camera, camera eye. Sensor, yeah. Oh, that is awesome, especially the way it moves. The first, it has a very mechanical uh, movement. I, I think I like when they. Uh, because he, he got migraines, so they're, they're, yeah, they're, they're, they're <laughs> popping down aspirins into the, yeah, into the tank. Into yeah. the tank it it the brought the whole, just having the air bubbles underneath the, oh, br- yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. it wasn't an expense, you could see how this effect is made, like, because they do so many close-ups of it, but it still just yeah. brings the whole thing to life. Yeah. 
Brilliant. I saw there should uh, be more brains and fish tanks and movies. I saw yeah. where Futurama got their idea for all the all the heads and tanks. <laughs> you know, I don't know, man. <laughs> well, he- 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 heads and tanks have been, yeah, yeah, they've been yeah. in comic books yeah, probably <laughs> yeah. since the well, fifty. Yeah, I mean, the fifties and forties. Movie about uh, what was it? Uh, it's uh, the woman without a brain. It's the brain that wouldn't the die. Brain the brain that, that wouldn't die. die. There's yeah, the I mean, crawling brain. Or is it the crawling brain? Or what's the brain that? That that Something with wraps around brain. wraps around your neck. It's like a brain, but it has like a tail, and it wraps around your neck. From uh, the fifties? Yeah, it's black and white. It's stop motion when oh. it comes and wraps around your neck. <laughs> I can't, think of what I can't it is. believe I can't think of this. It'll come to you. Yeah. Jeez, if only we were Captain Google. <laughs> Uh, oh, that's true. Somebody well, well, before we leave that the topic of uh, just while it's still in my mind uh, about whether it's a you know it's a kid's fantasy and could a kid handle it? I don't think you know on this viewing. I don't think that a kid could because really? well, I was thinking well, how about, about age. Are you talking? Yeah, I, think I don't need to be censored. I mean, you got to take out that. You got to take out the. Uh, don't say it. The boobs. Don't say. Oh. <laughs> the boobs. I don't think the boobs were that. terribly bad. Yeah. No, it was that scene where the uh, okay. So there's a there's a, the the circus guy has this flea. It's awesome. It's a CGI flea with a. Uh, it's got like a proboscis or whatever on the front of it that has a chemical. So this, the flea bites you with this thing, and then a it certain pops tune, off like a little plastic cap. Yeah, it's, it's like, like an assassination flea, and it makes you turn into a killer. And so they use this on these With Cyclops them. characters who are these uh, guys in overcoats or blind in one eye and they have an electronic implant <laughs> in the other eye. I mean, just describing this movie is like, you can't just say, eh, and then there were these guys, the mafia. No, it's like you have to describe who, what they yeah, are. But they definitely. turn on each other, and that scene was like kind of sadistic because <laughs> the <laughs> one guy at one point, I think he plugs his sense, uh, image sensor Oh, he plugs yeah. the dying man's image sensor into his so the dying man can watch him kill him. And right. he stabs the other guy in his eye. And I'm I like, thought that eh, whole thing was brilliant. Be. It's almost like an Amish church or something. It's like, you know, a blind cult that oh, once you get the power that. to see, it's like the temptations out there. Once you yeah. actually see the temptations, it could change you forever. And yeah. I that thought room that was awesome. awesome. It's just these guys, like, I mean, they're just stacked the, the from floor to ceiling, <laughs> you know. All in dark sunglasses, all gathered around like there's a, a furnace or something burning in the background, and like this. Yeah, that was awesome. In yeah. the front of it, I mean, just everything in this movie was, you know, the designs were really inspirational. It's almost like a fairy tale, you know. I mean, it's like a oh, cautionary sure. tale for kids. I don't know what it would. Keep would you let a kid see it? See, I don't know. I mean, it would be like. It would be one of those things where, like, maybe if you're they were French, I don't know how. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm wondering. Like, do you have a France, French kid? Like, See, I don't think. It, yeah, I, I think it would because seriously, I can't think back on it. Were there any curse words? I don't think so. Were there? I, I think uh, I think boobs is the only thing that probably considers this makes this movie rated R no, think, in America. I think that scene I was just talking about probably. That's, uh, that's oh a yeah, I guess that is pretty. Because yeah. even when There's the no guy, gore or anything, this movie has just, my one thing when someone puts something towards somebody's eye, you know, when he when he tears out his, his seeing eyeglass or whatever. 
then he kind of fondles the knife around the edge of the hole, and then the camera goes far back when he sticks it. You know, so it doesn't show it. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. show it. But and, it's the intent, and look I guess. at look at the Avengers. The Avengers shows people getting shot with arrows and falling off of buildings left and right, but this camera goes all far back and doesn't even yeah. show anything happening. You know, yeah. it's sadistically it's still implied. In mind. Yeah, it's implied. But yeah. but you see. You don't imply nothing. You see arrows no, kill people true. in Avengers. You yeah. see machine guns kill people in Avengers. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's kind of weird where where we go on, where we, like, stand on that whole thing. I mean, I can see with the whole, like, yeah, it's sadistic. I could definitely see with how, uh, yeah. how crazy, I mean, I cannot find this goddamn brain. Well, the, the <laughs> flashback, the flashback when you kind of realize the original uh, twin or, you know, quadruple, Whatever the original the guy, inventor. the yeah, inventor so yeah, of the, well, the flash. Tell me what the flashback scene. The, the the flashback deals with well, I mean it's it's relatively violent. I mean towards the end of it anyway. It yeah, I mean yeah, he smashes him on the face with the glass, and his face is a little blood. But like I said, this is no more violent than anything from our childhood that was rated PG or PG-13, but it's R just because That's what I'm surprised. I think I'm surprised that it's R, and that has to be... I mean, it's either that scene or the boobs, which are shot from, like, a distance. And maybe because yeah. it was 96. part of, like, a comedic effect. I don't know. That, but, you know, in the, but I think the flashback's the only time you see actual, like, blood. Yeah, you know, I think like so, too. Oh, yeah, water. yeah, yeah. And you don't even yeah. see a cut. It's just like red on the face. You know? He like in falls the into the water and then the, water. the blood kind of... blood yeah. cloud behind him. Yeah. yeah. This is... Uh, yeah, it's a but. flashback where the inventor creates the clone, the little midget princess and... The other six yeah, that lady of the so dude was, I mean, and the migraine brain. But I would, I would argue that there's more disturbing scenes in Ratatouille than <laughs> this flick. There's like, you know, scenes of like rat graveyards. But when... All of your animals in your movie are personified. It's pretty disturbing, you know. When you have a rat in one scene that's talking to you and joking with you, and his buddies, and then the next scene there's like this, you know, death scene with like hanging rats and all these <laughs> dead rats and like lightning and you know, rain. It's like to a kid anyway, that can be pretty disturbing. Where I don't yeah. think that this film had anything like that. Right? Because well, it has like a light tone. I mean, it's got yeah, like a really lightness light. of you know. Yeah. <clears throat> and yeah, so I keep going back to whimsy. It's got you know. It feels it's whimsical. It always it yeah. is. It is. It's it's. There's stuff that is lighthearted. You can laugh. It's at. upbeat and funny yeah. and just the kid eating sausage oh, wherever they get burping straight to the camera. <laughs> yeah. Oh, how that annoying. <laughs> oh no. Yeah, that I, was, I did not that like kid that. was cute yeah, as a yeah, butt. Yeah, they got yeah, all these adorable but, kids. Yeah. <laughs> to, you know, to run around this hellish environment and then. Burp into the camera, <laughs> like that's that's pretty great. Because in a way, I think what that was supposed to show, and this might just be me overthinking things, but I think the reason the child was indifferent to the bad guy and why he didn't have bad nightmares is because it showed he was constantly eating. He's constantly just kind of fulfilling his own need. Yeah. You know, he's just concerned with himself. Yeah, it's yeah. almost like and, and yeah. a child's selfishness is actually. 
uh, a like repeated theme in some fear. Like Peter Pan, if you read the book Peter Pan, it is not all like Peter Pan and the Lost Boys are these like great wonderful kids. It talks about the selfishness of childhood mm-hmm. and you know how the you know the pirates are all mad because you know they got to be adults and have uh, responsibility right. yeah, yeah, yeah. when kids can do whatever the fuck they want. They don't give a shit. Yeah, yeah. And I think that movie, this tale. movie, kind of touches on that a little bit. Yeah. It doesn't focus on it, but I think that's why. Wait, what's the sign about? You gotta read the movie to know if it's good. Oh, no, no, no. It is something completely, totally, totally. Probably probably the reason. Okay, so during the entire movie, okay, the Packers were playing. Oh, no, no, no. I'm not not talking about this. This is my Saturday night. I'm not talking about the fucking Packers. Playoffs, yeah. That's all right. No, we're not talking about it. No, uh, no. No. And San Francisco. Yeah, we got. No, we can't talk about that. (laughs) And San Francisco just beat the Packers. We're lucky you got. We're lucky you talked about two video games in this podcast. (laughs) We're not talking about Packers. That's why you didn't like the movie because the Packers were playing. It was on his mind. So obviously we can't do foreign films anymore. If Tom's going to talk about this every week, I think we should. This is a foreign film podcast now. (laughs) We are only doing the the, NFL playoffs. The oldest, the oldest uh, foreign films we can find from the 30s, (laughs) from the 80s, 80s foreign films. Yeah, exactly. 80s for All right, so I had a question worse. for you, Travis. So, like the, uh, you know, I mean, as a illu- Travis is the illustrator of the group. The, I mean, just, you know, was there anything? I don't know. Well, I'm trying to free, uh, couch this question, but I mean, from an from an illustrator's point of view, what was your take on? Well, it's French, and you know, French is the original place where heavy metal comes from. So, you know, almost all, like, like this comes from the same place that the design of the fifth element can't, comes from. Mm-hmm. This comes from, this, you know, I mean, it, just look at heavy metal. I mean, just heavy metal magazine, all that crazy, crazy stuff. I mean, the French were like, you know, leading in comic illustration and, and just crazy design. Actually, did you catch uh, the costumes in that movie were designed by, uh, what's that guy's name, Gautier or Gaultier? He's like a renowned... Really? uh, Yeah, uh, fashion designer. Crazy. He did a lot. I think he said... I did like the sweater with the buttons on the side. Yeah. And the the sweater that (laughs) unwinds to follow that one... Yeah, I like that sweater. ...piece of yarn all the way through the... Through the... uh, Scary uh, guys in monocles. <laughs> oh, one of them, the the heavy dude, was in a movie called Cemetery Man. Oh, did you ever see that? Oh, yeah, with Rupert Everett. Yeah, yeah, he was his <laughs> mute sidekick. Really? In that, yeah. Oh, yeah. I cannot remember his name. It's like Francois Hodge something something. <laughs> you know, but yeah, it was that same guy. He looked like a character out of Alice in Wonderland. Yeah, all the faces, too. It's like, it looks... I mean, like, that's another one where I think you could make, like, an anime... Uh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. I know there sure. was a video game based on it. Really? Well, yeah. Huh. Like, the PlayStation. I yeah, I would like to see a video game based on that. Mm-hmm. I like the idea that after... I, I like that world. I mean, I, I think that world was, like, really fucking cool. And I'd like to see other stories from that world. So you would <laughs> just the story that they told. 
So this we were talking about this before the we... podcast started. That uh, I, I'm thinking that this is where time is coming from. That you have a uh, there's like a movie that you want to see based on all the information that you gather about a movie. You're like, I expect that this movie is going to be this, and then you see it, and it's not the movie that the filmmakers actually made. And instead of judging the film, the movie that the filmmakers made or the story they wanted to tell, you judge that movie based on how closely it matches the movie that you wanted to see, the movie that you would have made. You know, is that? I mean, does that kind of does that fit? Is that like a sense that you get like uh, w- with some of these? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it feels like you have an ideal uh, for each film, you know, that you haven't seen. It has to live up to, like, some, you know, ideology that you have. Well, it's like based on a poster. It. It's like if I see a, you know, we're looking at the Planet Terror, the Grindhouse poster, is a girl with a machine gun yeah. leg. It's like, so the movie that's, that's in your I mind l- right there. <laughs> I learned yeah. never to rent a movie based off of artwork, or you can't tell. That's why I actually think the artwork for this on the DVD probably has the reason why it's not very popular in America, because it doesn't look like anything like how fantastic the colors and everything are. It looks like, actually, like, really grim. Yeah. It's dreary. It yeah. looks like a serial killer movie. Well, yeah, the, the the artwork on that the box cover of that DVD would get no one to watch that fucking movie. Yeah, it's got like the Doc Brown hat on with the you know the I mean, memory. Originally, it got me to watch that movie, but I don't think it represents what the movie is. Yeah, it was the trailer yeah. I think that really got me. But that's the oh thing, yeah, right? that trailer. When we were just we were looking it up before we uh, started the movie. I mean, it's not available on Netflix. It's never. It hasn't been. A, Made available on Blu-ray, not in, even yeah. overseas. Uh, well, I was just looking at Amazon uh, US. They didn't mention like an import, so like I don't know. Is this movie like eBay a film? Yeah. Probably if not you're in out French. there, listeners, like seriously, you should in check Frank, in this France. movie out in Paris. If Paris, you're out there, France. by the way, and you want to ask us questions, uh, you can reach us. Oh yeah, we're on Twitter at. Sat Freak Show, and you can also uh, find us on Saturday Night Freak Show dot com. Yeah, I mean you can talk directly to Tom and tell him the error of his ways. We encourage you to do this actually, or if you agree with Tom, you can you know get a hold of us or go to hell. Seems like it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that I was hooked with this film right from like right after the dream sequence, the opening dream sequence. Like if that wasn't cool enough, I really liked the fact that. They go right into the story about, you know, this man and his little brother, as they call him. And you don't really little know brother. a lot about, like, these Cyclops guys, but they just, like, show up at their place, their, you know, Well, they get the house. kids. They get the kids for the uh, evil madman. Yeah, they do go through that first, don't they? No, I think that's no, they do that later. later. Well, okay, yeah. I mean, I like the fact that there's like this apple on a string. That's so funny. And it's you know bouncing around this house and this kid. That that's how we're gonna catch kids with a fucking candy apple. And then, yeah, know, and just like dangling it inside the house, they're like, "Hey, you want some candy? Candy apple?" And the kid goes for it, you know. And luckily, Big Brother's there to help him out. But. Uh, not to spoil anything, they do end up getting the kid, and that's what the movie's all yeah, about. Yeah, he's chasing, chasing against little brother. It's like little you, little just, brother. you go into this film, and it's like, you know, you just kind of start out, and you're like, okay, yeah, what's going like on? It's like, there's not a lot of intro to these characters, you know, like, I mean, there is after well, that, but like... You know, we just watched uh, uh, 
Tintin a few weeks ago, and I feel like it's got the same beats, you know, where it's just, you see the character, something happens, you follow the character on the adventure. It's right. not a lot about, you know, this is who I am, my hobbies, this is, it does enough to show you, you know, this is kind of who I am. Well, it's one but, of those things where yeah. it feels like the structure is kind of like, you know, there's all these threads that, you know, all, you know span out from a central location, right? Mm. So it's like we're going to we're gonna talk about thread number one, thread number two, thread number three, and as the movie goes, it's like they all draw together, and you start finding out how they're all connected to each other. I mean, that's storytelling, right? For I mean, sure. I, I like that, yeah. you know, I mean, I wouldn't say that it's difficult to follow or anything. I mean, it no. makes perfect sense. You're like, oh, okay, you know, maybe it takes a little bit yeah, of time. To get to like okay now how do these guys and you know we're seeing the cyclopses say and we're seeing the strong man and we're seeing the uh, the in, you know the uh, inventor or the mad scientist yeah call him. and it's like how do these three things connect to each other but I mean they do they all you know yeah by the point when you see the guy that's living underwater the original yeah when he comes into the story he starts kind of weaving and tying things together yeah I mean and it's yeah. It's really do- well done. Where you know, like uh, a lot of American films will have a prologue where you find like a lot. Is that the right word? Prologue where you find a lot of backstory about the characters and stuff before you get into the main story. Where this actually just kind of you pick up in the middle of it, like Travis is saying, just like Tintin. You just got. He's and a strong man. Go. Throughout. They took his little brother. <laughs> yeah, and throughout the story, then you start to find out more and more about their backstory and who they are as a character. You know, you find out more and more about. Like Ron Perlman and what he has to do, and and especially but they, did they even do? I mean, they didn't do any backstory on him. He's just he's yeah, my no, little brother. No, but he he got the the bit about he was a whaler. His story. Uh, yeah, I mean that was a really cool like you know <laughs> how they got that out there that like he was a whaler. You know he, that's what he did before he, he joined heard, the circus. He, heard the he lost his job sing. after. Yeah, and then he went kill whales after he heard them sing. Oh, yeah. I must have missed that. And then he found doing. the little brother in a garbage can or something like that and yeah. took him in. So, yeah, I mean, it has, like, there is, you know, but they, they give it out over, I mean, it's like an hour, I think, before you get the whaler story. So it's like there's yeah. always something being revealed about the characters. But that's what makes, you know, like, that's yeah. good storytelling. For sure, because you don't, tell, you don't meet you somebody then just say, this is my entire life. Yeah. I well, want you to know everything about me But those today. kind of movies, what they end yeah. up doing is like, you know, because I think in some ways... And I mean, I'm not saying that this is foreign films or you know, versus American films or whatever. It's just it's individual foreign storytellers. versus. But you get to that, <laughs> like, if you give Bollywood. all this information, usually up front, it's so you can clear time for the chase scene. Exactly, exactly. It's the chase, yeah. You know, it's like we're going to have the chase scene, and then there's the other chase scene. That's what America makes up for stories. we got to chase them. Yeah. And there's no, there's no, there's no story Oh, man, he chased, there, what do you mean there's no story? The way, he so chased them, <laughs> and then they flew in the planes, and then they... Yeah. I think <laughs> like, those are things that happened in the movie. I think of Transformers, where it's like, okay, this is <laughs> Sam. Sam is kind of nerdy. He doesn't have a lot of friends, you know. He just got this crappy car from his dad and blah, blah, blah. Like, there's all this, like, really quick... This is the only time we're going to talk about the Transformers movie. Yeah. This <laughs> so you better make it count. But it's, <laughs> it's, only, it's only to put it in a bad light. Sorry, Transformers fans. But, okay, yeah, so you've got this character, you know, that has all these, like, shallow, like, character, you know, types about him. And it's only, like you guys say, to build up the chase scene. And the only reason why I thought of Transformers is because, like, after that first 20 minutes, 
the rest of the film is a whole chase scene movie, and the character never grows. I mean, maybe he kisses the girl at the end, but he doesn't develop. And he yells a lot. Yeah. As a <laughs> See, that's what yeah. they use as character yeah. development, the girl. They use the, oh, gee, I kind of like her. But didn't this movie Oh, man, I did something a little heroic. All right, so, yeah, In okay, a strange now French now way, got, they did. Yeah, but we, okay, so we've got, like, a thing here because Travis, like, he... I hate, hate love, love stories. stories just because they're so <laughs> generic. This is about, like... Oh, but this was This a is about story. a little girl... Well, it's about a little girl wanting a, you know, she's an orphan... You know, she's seeing this guy as a big brother. She sees how good he protects and cares for his little brother. You know, she yeah, wants a yeah. family. Yeah. To me, that's a little bit more important and a little bit more meaningful well, than just like, God, I, this chick is so hot. <laughs> oh, I hope she likes me with my cool car. You know, and then you do a little something cool and she starts... I mean, that's bullshit. That's, just, that, that's mental masturbation to get your movie, to get, to get 90 pages into your, like... We gotta chase the box. Get in the car. <laughs> yeah. What's yeah. she think of me? I don't know. We're chasing the box, more but I hope because more people have dated other people. But than if you are chasing, okay, if it's the end <laughs> of the world, if it is the end of the world, and you need to find this fucking thing, are you like thinking? Oh, I hope this girl likes me. No, you should be like, I gotta get that goddamn box before it's the end of the world. Who cares <laughs> if this girl likes get, me? You want to get right laid now? Before that is not the. That is not the important part of the movie is whether this girl likes the fucking guy or not. You gotta get, you gotta save the world. Yeah, that's what I. If what is happening in the movie is so much more traumatic than whether he gets the girl, that's when I'm out of the fucking love story. I don't know, like, but if that girl is as hot as Megan Fox, her with her reptile <laughs> thumbs. <laughs> fucking reptile thumbs. But okay, well yeah, I think that that a lot of the foreign films they do they take a more uh, emotional approach emotion, to movies, emotional more even I don't, more realistic approach to a relationship that you know how well, there's definitely a diversity of you know like <laughs> yeah <laughs> different uh, relationships other than the however yeah however you know whatever you want to call it, the French just being the French or whatever, there's that more... It's a more provocative approach in this film to a relationship, you know what I mean? It is. It's the classic... Yeah, the girl, she has, you know, an obs- not an obsession, but a crush on yeah. the older man. For sure. And Something of it. As Americans, at times, you can take that as him returning that affection. Where I think if you were French, you might take it as it's just, you know... Every girl loves her father, every girl loves... And the, the father being, you a know... Protective. Or being the big brother, being protective. You know, like mm-hmm. when he's blowing on her back, and they're, you know... He's being a radiator, people. Bags yeah. together, yeah. He's being a radiator. He's being he's a radiator. He's trying to warm her. It's a very sweet scene. It's a sweet scene, and it's, you know, it can be taken as an innocent But we scene, as Americans are taught to be cold to one another. <laughs> and as Americans... Or to have, like, the alert goes up when a grown man and a, and a young girl... You know, I mean, that's the other thing with Americans, too, I think. Yeah. I mean, I'm assuming it's just American. Maybe it is around the world, but, like... It seems like we have a you know faster reflex to like whoa there's something wrong there right yeah exactly yeah it's 
when it's like maybe there isn't something wrong there. You know, it's hard to say. I don't know. I don't. Yeah, think it is that, hard to in say. In the way that anything's presented in that film, see the fact that we're even talking about this. It, yeah, who knows? Well, it you'll came have up to watch this, folks, and tell us if this is an issue or not. <laughs> the only reason I bring it up is because it came up while we were watching the film. You know, right, I mean, yeah. you actually. Just because the more I watch up. French movies and the way I see little girls look at guys, I'm just like, God damn, if that's not a little weird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, because I was saying the professional Leon, oh, the professional, is also a, uh, a that's, French movie, and that's like that's a love story between Natalie Portman, who was like twelve, twelve <laughs> or something like that. Yeah, right. And, and that Leon the Hitman, the American edit, like hints to it, but the actual version is just full on. Like, I mean, Leon doesn't do anything, but he returns the emo. He he feels yeah, the same true. way, even though he doesn't. You know. It, they don't show them touch each other or nothing, but you can just tell that it's like, God damn it. <laughs> God yeah. damn it. I mean, he dies in the end, so I guess it's justified that they can Boilers. do whatever they want. If you didn't <laughs> fucking see a movie from 1994, you're Dude, shit out of luck. There are people who have never seen any movie That's at okay. All. <laughs> There's people listening to this that have yeah, that's never what seen comes a with film. listening to something when we talk about old movies. If you haven't seen it, well, you I mean, should we just can't. Go see it. You should Seek these films out, watch them because they're, yeah, they're good movies. We're I talking mean, about them. We should do like a disclaimer in the beginning of this that we're gonna ruin any movie <laughs> out there ever. Yeah, there's a chance of it. Well, yeah, I mean, but hopefully you'll listen to this and say I like, mean, I want to check this out because it sounds interesting. I've gotten to a point listening to a radio if, uh, show if where Tom is, Tom, Tom's over there. He said, "Stay away from it at all costs." But he didn't even read the movie. I will not say. Stay away from it at all costs. I'm shocked. Um, Are you having a change? He of needs heart? to sing it with English dubbed. That's what you need. You need English dubbed. I, I would probably say yes. I think Tom is wait, just yeah, done wait. with foreign films. Yeah, if he doesn't understand the English, if it was in English, it would have been a better movie. Yeah, probably. That's what's yeah. going on here? Yeah, so it would have been like, what? You mean the dreams? They're not <laughs> there. And that's the infliction you want on the voices, not Maybe. the actual actors. Maybe. But Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I'm a little I crazy mean, about this. I mean, I guess you got to recommend the movie because it's a steampunk movie, and there's like a total of like five steampunk movies out there. Like Wild Wild West. Wait, is so is that like even though it's not movie? good, you have to watch it if you're a steampunk you, fan because there are only five of them. You do yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> Colin likes to make no, lists of the ultimate movies, but he'll listen to what critics have to say and not whether it's... He'll be like, I hate this movie, no, but we're is, watching it Wednesday because there, there, it was made in 1950. So okay? <laughs> Wild Wild West, the Will Smith movie, oh, is yeah. a, a sci-fi movie. Now, is it, recommend that movie? Now, no? isn't Westworld... Would you recommend that movie? If, you're a fu- if you want to check out Steampunk, you got to watch that movie. It's a fucking terrible movie. No, you... You just watched Westworld. Is that the first steampunk movie, Westworld? Because no. it's cowboys yeah, and robots. It's not Ste- yeah, Why Westworld not though? Because it's cowboys and. St- but it's it, not steampunk. It's not steampunk though. Not the way that it's done. Because it's not that do-it-yourself. But that's what I'm saying. It's one of the first. You know, you got to have a Black Sabbath before you have a Slayer. It's, I'm just it's, saying, it's, it's Wild like, Wild West no. on the way to steampunk. No. Wild Wild West was before Westworld. Why will? I mean, Wild I mean, West no, no, no. I meant, I meant Westworld. I didn't mean Wild Wild West. Yeah, I meant no, Westworld. No, it's straight up. That's Jurassic Park. With only it's a western yeah. town. 
don't know. I think I think you're just thinking too. Like I gotta see this movie because if it's cowboys and then you got it faces off with cogs and shit. It it doesn't actually take. Yeah, but it doesn't actually take place. I know. I know that it's a futuristic interpretation of the West, like a theme park. Yeah. And the robots go crazy. Yeah. Yeah. But you know that doesn't make steampunk. I guess. I, I mean, mean, it's like it's like saying like okay. So I guess it has to take place totally in the 1800s. Cyberpunk stuff. So that means I gotta fucking watch Blade Runner, which is a phenomenal movie. But then I also gotta watch Johnny Mnemonic. So, well, which is yeah, a cyberpunk. But if you want to check out I hate cyberpunk movies, those movies suck. Don't fucking watch Slackers. You gotta watch Slackers too. That's sucks. You know something that's actually. I mean. You'd think something that was good would say, like, if you want to see something that's cyberpunk, watch Blade Runner, because that's your cyberpunk movie, and you wouldn't even acknowledge Johnny Mnemonic exists. Yeah, but, I mean, like... As it should be. If you want to dive into, like... I mean, probably, like... Okay, like, out of all the steampunk movies are there, I mean, is this probably, like... Why are we? Because there ain't there ain't many st- steampunk movies. Why are we talking about steampunk movies? Is this the only reason why you would recommend it? Yeah, I don't even it's think it's just, a steam. I wouldn't yeah, even. I, wouldn't I mean, even, I wouldn't even necessarily call it steam. It's steampunk, like eh, it hints at it, but it's got it's got the art there's no style steam. Steampunk. <laughs> there's no steam in the whole steampunk movie. Steampunk doesn't have steam. <laughs> there's not steam. I always thought you need some sort of steam powered yeah, machine so to be of, steampunk. You, you need a machine power, steam powered computer, steam powered cars, <laughs> steam powered. That's what I always thought for steampunk. I just don't think that I, I mean, would the, recommend this film to people because it's yeah, a I think the brain. Film. I would recommend it for its story. The brain in the thing is steampunk, but I don't think the movie's steampunk. It has elements of steampunk, but the movie itself, I wouldn't, because it, it's still more of a 1920s, you know, French freaking Green River fog <laughs> fantasy movie. <laughs> It doesn't have enough futuristic devices to be steampunk, I think, at least. My personal idea of what steampunk is. Well, I think it has elements of steampunk, but that would not be, like, why I would tell somebody to watch this movie. It would be if, like, you like fantasy films or if you like, uh, you know... French-speaking films. French (laughs) adventure films. If you like... Uh, even you know movies that tap to the core of your you know I like, feel like yeah that visual that, yeah I mean I really wouldn't if, recommend yeah. this movie to hardly probably hardly anyone I would think that the steampunk would be like last on that list you know like so anybody that likes Disney movies should like this yeah if you like that really yeah. like the I mean, d- any Studio Ghibli, any all the animals in it felt like right out of a Disney cartoon. Oh man, yeah, the, they the, have like personification. The yeah. rats on the boxes. Yeah. I just thought that was so awesome. Yeah. Rats on the, the box going down the the gutters and yeah. the, so it's it like somebody's like a little live action cartoon, but it comes back sure. to an anime thing. I mean, it really is it's like an animated movie, completely come to life. Yeah, I mean, like yeah. drawings come to life. He must have, I don't know, done music videos. <laughs> we'll have to look that up. Yeah, yeah he must have. It's just one of those things that people usually don't make. Even though I heard uh, George Lucas in school, up until Star Wars, most of or up until THX or whatever, I heard all his movies were no sound story, uh, just story through pictures. Like, that's mm-hmm. what first he was originally interested in. Yeah. Which, you know, you do get the animation feel a lot from that. Yeah, definitely. 
because you got I mean because you have to have some sort of a controlled a completely controlled element if you're doing you know that sort of storytelling you need to make sure your every image has a this is my character he's going this right. way you know you got to make sure everything's telling something you're not just setting a camera up being like I just want to know why somebody sat there and said, like, well, I guess we know why, because there's a shot in the movie that's like, that looks like that could fit in an alien film. But, like, why you would pick this guy to direct an alien movie? I mean, his visual sensibility, I think, oh, yeah. it, you know, it, the design sense, I can, I can understand that. It's like, wouldn't it be cool if we had this guy come and do an alien movie? Obviously, he's got a strong design sense. He can handle that type of movie. But it's like his... You know, it would be like hiring Terry Gilliam to do a, uh, an alien movie. You wouldn't do that either, because that'd be like the See, movie I, I think... get would be some wacky, kind of crazy thing. And Alien Resurrection doesn't feel like a hardcore horror movie or hardcore no, science fiction movie. No, because it's not. Because you know, the guy who did it is a gentle soul trying to make it. But I think I think <laughs> Alien Resurrection <laughs> reminds me more of the type of rundown future that the first alien represents more so than alien 2 or 3 yeah i get it from it because oh. he does bring that you know he does bring his little like yeah but again that's a vi- we're talking visual style yeah. right and in the design but i mean just the way that he shoots like with his fisheye lenses and you know i thought that was perfect I mean, for just, alien and i just bringing... thought the story wasn't that great for alien CG wasn't good enough for CG aliens to be swimming around and stuff. Like, yeah. It's just like, oh, too soon. It just, I Thanks. thought, like, some of the... He, like, he makes some stuff comedic. I mean, he puts Dan Hedaya in, in Alien Resurrection, which I'm like, come on. I mean, that guy's got a face that's meant for comedy. He brings... Yeah, he's a good character. Winona Ryder as a, as a droid, I'm like, okay, that I don't was, really uh, buy that. I mean, that's like, <laughs> you know... Again, he's just casting for faces, I think. Yeah, Winona, I'm sure Winona Ryder was the studio. Like, we got to have some young, popular actress. We're going to have Sigourney Weaver, but, you yeah. know, she's obviously this age. On the upside, he did bring in Ron Perlman from uh, City of Lost Children, and he brought in Dominic Pinnon from... Dominic Pinnon, uh, the rubber-faced guy from This Alien Resurrection. And hey, Brad Dorff, the doctor. He was also when uh, he was in Delicatessen, which you guys probably should check that movie out if you like this one. I'm yeah. Delicatessen. And Brad Dora. Yeah, Brad Dora. Wait, which one shocking. played the multiples? The Dominic Pennant. Okay, Dominic Pennant. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It was excellent. It's funny um, that he did do Alien Resurrection because, like, I think last week we were talking about Alien Three. What you liked, Colin? What you liked about that movie was it was like shot from the ground up. And with this movie, a guy who directed Alien Resurrection, the next Alien in the series. Um, in this film, City of Lost Children, it feels like there's so many shots like from above, right. you know, like <laughs> yeah. looking straight down. Yeah, true, yeah. That might be because they were on a soundstage and you know, yeah, just hiding the lights and all that stuff, and not using like the you know horizon or the distant, because you're dealing with yeah, obviously like fairly aquatic area or you know they feel like they're on a pier somewhere. Yeah, but it, like a lot of the stuff is like shot straight down. And it's funny that you mentioned the aquatic, because, yeah, it's like this movie's so full of uh, of water. Alien Resurrection had to have his water scene all over the place. This guy loves water. Yeah. This guy loves water. I'm trying to think of uh, the other... Does Delicatessen have a lot of water in it? I don't recall, no, because it seems like the whole thing takes place in like this kind of futuristic, you know, uh, or fantasy apartment building. Really? Like, yeah. And, uh, I mean, Amelie, I don't remember. 
Amelie was kind but of a normal like movie. A, That's a normal yeah, setting. Yeah, but the visual style on that, again, is like it really pops. Dude, that, like, it, yeah. the whole movie is like on tracks and just zooming in and out of everything. Yeah, yeah definitely. And the the, uh, the craftsmanship of it, you know what I mean? Like everything is like timed out perfectly. You know, even with this, there's, there's shots that like even today I don't know how they would do them you know any <laughs> yeah. better than what they are in the movie because it's just yeah, it's French people it's brilliant that's like one thing it's like <laughs> I mean it's almost like European films always lead the way in visuals yeah you know and like Night Watch, that Russian oh man thing. It was like all visual stuff. Well, I mean yeah. that's how they that's how they gain an international audience. Yeah, for you know, you sure. They have to be better than America. And then well, eventually, of, America brings them here. Speaking yeah, of, yeah, yeah or we right. just copy so we it. Because like yeah. I said, yeah, this looks like all the movies that come out today. So they're just like. Eh. Well, speaking yeah. of the visual presentation of this movie, the the visual effects guy was a guy named Pitoff, right? He was a special effects supervisor on this and on Delicatessen. I think he worked on Alien Resurrection because, you know, Jean-Pierre Junet brought him over. Anyway, Pitoff has a visual style, and they're like, you know what, we should hire this guy in Hollywood to make a movie, and that movie was called Catwoman. <laughs> really? <laughs> oh, no. Wow. And uh, we'll have to Google him and see if he's ever worked again. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh man. Wow. <laughs> Catwoman could have wow. done one. Was Catwoman a good-looking film? I, I don't know. I never saw even saw it. Even you know, as a comic book fan, I refuse to see. Yeah. I refuse I, to see. I actually saw Catwoman. I Whoa. saw it, too. Wow. Yeah, it was, it was a bad movie, but visually, what'd you think? I don't know. I mean, it had some good, it had some okay stuff going on for it. I can't it, even remember it, it, it wasn't, it wasn't like for the special effects. Like, I mean, like I guess, I guess if you take Catwoman like and you like ignore the fact that she's a DC universe character at all. Yeah, because the design was very different from right. So like you uh, ignore the fact that she's like you say she's Catwoman, but this does not exist in the DC universe. Yeah, at all. It's not. It's not the same character. It's just a different thing. <laughs> like then you can probably go Travis's in and watch that out. movie and be like, "For some no, reason, I don't think they love to it's do a that. Terrible, hey, terrible they like to do movie. that. They, they were talking about making a Green Arrow movie, but calling it Supermax and just having it be about Green Arrow getting put in a prison that has a bunch of his supervillains in it. So it's like, yeah, they're afraid to make movies of their licenses. It's oh, fucking sh- stupid. But then here, Green Arrow comes to TV and it's a fucking hit. You know, they're just stupid. They don't know... Warner Brothers doesn't have the same respect for their characters as, you know, Marvel, now Disney has. They're working on it, though. They're coming around, I think. They're starting to. They're starting to. Well, because I think they realize that Dark Knight and Superman, that's going to be their style. The super realistic. I think with Green Lantern, they realize we fucked up by making it look like a Spider-Man cheese ball movie. You know, it's yeah. gotta. You gotta have these realisms, because even like that's why I don't see why everybody thinks the Avengers is so great. It look, to me, it looked like a cheeseball Hollywood movie. It didn't look fantastic. I mean, it just looked fake. It looked like a. It looked like a cartoon. I didn't feel like I saw Avengers the movie. It was yeah. just like wow, it's totally bright in this cartoon. It's something that they could get away with with Captain America because that was like, you know, like an old, you know, like 40s classic film style where everything was like studio lit and everything was like really bright and flashy and it had that, you know, 
pro America, we're gonna win the war. That message was great in Captain America, but it feels like they just like carried all of that over to the Avengers. When the Avengers, I think, it's just it's just upsetting that like, you know, like so Disney, Disney and Marvel, you know, they got like a uniform like okay like. Okay, here's our Avengers, here's our Iron Man, here's our Thor, here's our Captain America. And you got, like, they're actually starting to get the... They're they're starting to rein the X-Men in, too, and bring them around, but just... Yeah, yeah I heard some, there might be an X-Men first class, too. Like, someone yeah, just fucked up and back. dropped the ball on the Spider-Man license. No, you know? no, that's not what happened. But the Spider-Man license is not part of that whole... That's just because... It's, it's that's like just because different. they haven't they haven't act, no matter what even Marvel has even though Marvel's characters are involved with each other they still have their separate lines X-Men and Avengers have their separate lines like X-Men Avengers uh, I mean it's almost like that it's almost exactly like that Avengers have their like when, when it comes to Avengers you're talking about Avengers deal with the Fantastic Four they deal with you know, blah blah blah. The X Men deals primarily with mutants, and I mean, because the, the X Men aren't necessarily supposed to be superheroes. You know, not necessarily. Yeah, I mean, like, they protect like, their own kind from persecution. Like for example, I'm talking like when, you know, in Avengers, when that portal opened and all them aliens are coming down. What the fuck, Spider Man doing? Because <clears throat> he's fucking just... there. He's got to be there. I mean, right now, yeah. Spider-Man is an official <laughs> Avenger. Right? Eventually, sure. Spider-Man and Wolverine... Like, Spider-Man and Wolverine <laughs> should be in the Avengers. It, more so than Hawkeye and Black... Even though Marvel fans would, like, kill me for the statement. Yeah, but was, wait, wasn't but that what Tom was talking about? Like, the licenses are such that they can't use Spider-Man or Wolverine in an Avengers movie. I don't think that's true. Yeah, it's something because, like... Because somehow, it's all Marvel... Productions, they just use distributors. Yeah, but somehow, no, with Sony, Sony, so, Sony somehow owns Spider-Man for X number of years, and Fox has the Avenger or uh, X-Men 20, for, X yeah, X yeah, for X number of years and some contract because they set that up before Marvel Studios. Yeah. Got, like Marvel Studios took the money that uh. was used by the first like couple Spider-Man and X-Men movies to become their own thing, and then they said, hey. It'd be cool if we can like control all this shit and like bring it all in, but I think those two franchises got outside. Yeah, but eventually the they'll come yeah. back. Yeah, Fantastic the Four will expire come back or whatever. Yeah, yeah they are doing a Fantastic Four reboot, and apparently Wolverine, like the new Wolverine movie, yeah. takes place after X Men Three. Yeah, they fucked up the whole X Men thing. <laughs> they shouldn't like, have even worried about so it. Like, <laughs> so, like, X Men Last Stand, the new Wolverine movie, takes place after X Men Last Stand. Like, they're going with that timeline. Yeah. Like, X everything in X Men Last Stand happened. So, Jean Grey is dead, Cyclops is dead. It's like Spoilers. half. It's like half the fucking X Men are don't dead. Need to see those, movies. <laughs> those movies are fucking retarded. It's like, so, like, Xavier is dead. Like, all those people are dead. It's Wolverine. Dealing whoa, with whoa, the whoa, death Xavier's of not dead. There was that thing at the yeah, end after yeah, yeah. the credits. Oh, yeah, but that's crap. So it's Wolverine dealing with him being on his own because he's going to be in Japan. It's going to be like the one of the only good Wolverine stories that they've ever done in the comics, where Wolverine 
goes to Japan, falls in love with Mariko. Who's he Whose father, Mariko's father, is the, like, Yakuza leader, who is also better known as the Silver Samurai. Uh, Should be sweet. Dun, dun, dun. No He's silver. Oh, Samurai. Oh, <laughs> shit. He's a silver Samurai. He's from, like, shit, he's been around forever. <laughs> but... It should, I hope it's good. Dramatic effect. Dun, dun, hey, I'm surprised dun, how long of a comic conversation we got in here. I don't know. Comics and video games. I mean, just all getting into in the yeah. same podcast. All right, isn't one that, more thing. Isn't that uh, kind of strangely fantastic? Like, <laughs> bringing it back around, the uh, the Pitoff guy looked him up. He made a movie called Vidoc with Gerard Depardieu in oh, 2001. Depardieu. None of you guys have seen it. Nope. No. I have it. I'll have to loan it to you. No. It's actually kind of cool. <laughs> no, this guy, he wears this mirror mask and it like absorbs your soul. And there's a mystery. It's like who is this? It's uh, Vidoc was like the uh, he was a real French uh, like investigator. He was the model for Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, and oh. it's also the first movie that was shot on digital cameras. Ooh, Sherlock guy. Holmes, steampunk. What, the new one? What? Yeah. Yeah, the new Sherlock Holmes seems totally a little more steampunk than it should what? be. Totally sure. There's no airships? What the they've fuck got, are you They've saying? just got weird contraptions <laughs> that Moriarty builds. That steampunk. Just have that it's Victorian era, I will give you that. They've got, like, all these, yeah, the contraptions. It's got weird oh, contraptions. Man. Like the gun. It's not even about Sherlock train. Holmes. Well, it's about Watson. It's about Sherlock Holmes Wait, being afraid of losing his best friend. Is, uh, steampunk. So I you're think. Not. You're I think it is. But there's more uh, steampunk uh, shit in City of Lost Children than there is in Sherlock Holmes. Well, that's well I don't know about sure. that. <laughs> but what about all like that? I mean, I wouldn't refer to any of those movies as steampunk necessarily. But Tom, what do you think? I think like Firefly is more steampunk Sherlock than Holmes any of those, even though. You know, no, it's all spacey. Tom does not think Sherlock Holmes is. Steampunk. I think steampunk. I don't think anybody should be able to say what anything is steampunk because everybody has their own idea of what steam. Anybody have ever heard say that is steampunk or that is not steampunk? It's always just like, eh, it just differs. It differs <laughs> with different people. No, I think there is actually like a consensus. I have. It's uh, just brass. You put brass <laughs> on something. There must a be little, a little steam whistle. Yeah. Boom, steampunk. Yeah. <laughs> But you can make anything steampunk well, by putting dirty that shit on it. Can, it's yeah, got to be dirty. But part of it is that you built it yourself. Well, they were talking about real-life steampunk. It's like, like Chitty Chitty Bang Bang to me is more steampunk than most yourself. movies. Chitty yeah. Chitty Fuck. Think of how steampunk Chitty Chitty Fucking Bang Bang actually is. Hell yeah. It's got the little flags and the little wings that come out and shit. <laughs> steampunk <laughs> as hell. And we're talking 60s Disney. <laughs> is the DeLorean steampunk? No. I mean, I mean, the time machine. No, the last it runs on the, Mr. The last one, probably maybe. The the yeah fucking, yeah the last the end, one maybe for sure. At the end with the fucking train. Yeah, yeah, the last one is definitely a tad steampunk. That was yeah. a tad steampunk for sure. The last one. Good what call happened there. To, so there's steampunk and uh, cyberpunk. But do you remember splatterpunk? Punk. Yeah, I remember like this seems uh, kind of a generic. Yeah, I don't but know, no, what, I can't uh, think of what's in that. Well, John Skip and was the Skip Inspector, the t- the two authors. They did the Light at the End and uh, a couple other things back in the, there was a genre of. How fiction. do you explain it? I don't know what. I just remember the. Why term. did you bring this up? Right. <laughs> I talk, need to know what Splatterpunk is. Yourselves while I okay, what I want to talk about is 
My favorite form of I like I don't know what you would call it. I call it Neo Geo Punk, and that's the Mad Max like wearing hockey masks made of metal. You got half a football pad on your like left shoulder. Yeah. You're riding dune buggies, and you oh, want like oil or like. <laughs> hey, here we go. The post-apocalyptic. Punk. Yeah, I call them neo geo punk. Splatter punk was a term coined in 1986, refers to a movement within horror fiction distinguished by its graphic, graphic, often gory depiction of violence, hyper-intensive horror with no limits. Uh, uh, gained prominence in the 80s and 90s, has a pulp, uh, uh, a uh, cult following. Writers known for writing in this genre. Clive Barker, Poppy Z. Bright, Z- Jack Ketchum, Joe Lansdale, Richard Lehman, David J. Show. He's the father. So it's actually, punk. it's not even about like a certain type of crazy person. It's just a form of writing yeah. style. That well, like cyberpunkers, yeah. steampunker. I yeah. like I like crazy futuristic eighties punk. Punk. The class of 1999, class of 84. You remember those? What about Max Headroom? Oh, you know, I never seen Max Headroom. That's cyberpunk. Right? Yeah, that's got to be Max cyberpunk. Uh, class of Newcomb High. <laughs> the I forget what the goddamn what what are they called? What are the punks called? Steampunk just seems like the most tangible, you know, like you're dealing with these interlocking brass and metal pieces. Yeah, but in some yeah. way it's like the so hardest to lock onto because why haven't there been like Cuz it if, has if to be a western or a Victorian age story. It can't be Yeah, but there it can't just be no, anything like, else. Movie, there's no like true 100% like this is a steampunk movie. Maybe Wild Wild West, which I've uh, never true. even seen because Wait, it just looks like horrible. Is there like a goth movie? Like this a is a goth, goth movie? Yeah, I mean aside from like maybe like is it the crow? Or Nightmare Before Christmas or something. Those uh, are always held up as examples. Well, when, they, I mean, when, like, when they right. truly refer to steampunk, like, if they say steampunk and they say, you need to watch a steampunk movie, they clearly say the one movie that defines speed, speed, steampunk is League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Ugh, and no one wants to fucking see that movie. Uh, yeah. That movie's terrible, too. movie's terrible. But I know what he's saying. Alan Moore did put heavy amounts of... Uh, steampunk influence shit in there because number one he's got all the fictional characters from Dr. Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde so it's that combination it's that 19th century literary it's gotta be well basically just 19th century like like I said it's a lot of Jules Verne stuff yeah brass Jules Verne is one of the He's like one of the idols of, or you know, whatever, yeah, of the steampunk movie. Crazy submarines and yeah, yeah, huge. His submarine looked like a giant metal fish with big googly eyes. What about cowboys and aliens? No, no, no. that's too futuristic. No, it's future. Cause, yeah, because steampunk's got to be man-made. Wait, there, wait. There's an offshoot to steampunk Except called Raygun Gothic. Raygun Gothic. <laughs> That's uh, uh, Sky Captain in the World of Tomorrow. I do, I do. Uh, yeah, uh, Flash yeah. Gordon. That's all. It's Raygun Gothic. No, I, no seriously. You call something that yeah, was created in the... But there's got to be a different term for something like Flash Gordon. Because Buck Rogers and all that shit. That shit was created in the 30s. There's got to be a different term for that type of storytelling than what these guys came up with, Raygun Gothic. Well, no, they're trying to classify that oh. kind of stuff. So it's like if you do something in that genre, you know, that's visually just atomic age sci-fi, dude. But yeah, but now that's called Raygun Gothic. I don't it's know. It, like it clearly like sci-fi. Sky Captain of the World Tomorrow fits into that. But category. Gothic, I don't see why Gothic yeah, is a part know. of it. Uh, look it up. 
Because it's more Tarzan adventure You know, it's more, you know, it's not really like... And it's like jungle guts. and jungle guts. So are these jungle adventure? Are these styles or genres? No, genres. There's too many different things nowadays. There's subgenres. When they're used, yeah, I guess so. They're usually subgenres of science fiction. Yep. I think, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Which is weird because yeah, City of Lost Children I think would be probably classified at the high the high level of classification as a science fiction film. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know, there's no, like, you know, I mean, aside from the steampunk influence or whatever, I mean, to me, that's, like, straight out, that's totally fantasy. It's a yeah, world it's a f- that does not exist, you know? Yeah. yeah. It is a fantastical creation all around. Green ocean. Well, yeah. whatever that contraption is that's, you know, stealing the kids' brains, I guess, that's, mm, that's not, I don't, I don't know. Because to me, that doesn't make something sci-fi. Just, well, I've got they, a machine. There was some discussion about genetic cloning and stuff like that. Yeah, it was about cloning. But it wasn't the focus of the story. To me, if it's sci-fi, it needs to be the focus of the story. Like, yeah. just having a robot in your movie doesn't classify it as sci-fi. Yeah. You know, like Bicentennial Man? I don't see that as a sci-fi movie, that's even though totally it's about a... totally a sci-fi movie. Because that's a... It's, it's a robot a, trying to get yeah, human rights... Well, He's alive. But you can't. It's short circuit. But it's a sci-fi like a movie. Span of like this robot. So okay, but it's short circuit. It's short. Bicentennial Man is like, like a remake of Short Circuit. So is Short Circuit a sci-fi movie? It's, I, it's about Johnny Five it's being got alive. A fucking robot in it. <laughs> so is it a sci-fi movie though? It's a science fiction comedy. It's more comedy. It's more situational comedy than it is anything else. I mean, it's about as sci-fi as like the That's robot. So That's what drives me crazy about this. Yeah, this but classification Man because, is about like I said, is this is more fantasy than anything, even sci-fi, just because it has a helmet. Same thing yeah, with but no, but, yeah, see, but that's where I say <laughs> that's, <laughs> I say the, a little <laughs> helmet that opens your eyelids doesn't make your movie sci-fi. Helmet <laughs> in this or whatever, all the gadgets in this, they're still fantastical. They're very fantastical. creations, you know. Yeah. It's yeah, it's more it's fantasy. fantasy. It's just yeah. it doesn't have trolls and fucking wizards and shit like that. I'm but, starting to say it's but it has sci-fi fleas. unless there's has fleas spaceships and lasers. Right, yeah. There's a flea <laughs> cam at one point. Flea camera bounces around like it's a flea. I'd like to know how they did that. Unless there's lasers in the movie. So I need to clear something up. They took the fuse and they put like all those like past memories in it and threw it off the side of the tanker, right? Yep. And then that thing floated into town and it got picked up by the original. The The diver. And then the smoke blew out while he was asleep. Yep. And went throughout. Gave him part of his memory back. Gave him part of his memory back. And then went out and all the way through the town and everything. Yeah. And that was the new fuse, right? That was the old fuse. That was the old fuse. They took okay. the old fuse out because that was Irvin's uh, plan the whole time. Okay. Yeah, because so he was coaxing the one guy, the one clone in. So Irvin's like the architect. Yeah. Of this well, whole he just wanted the whole thing to end. Uh, I mean, he's the sane mind in the whole, even though he's just a brain in a tank. You're just a brain. Yeah, he tank. is the brains yeah. of the operation. Yeah, he's. You get it? He's, yeah. Yeah. He's like he, <laughs> he's like Dr. Lecter, you know, he's running guy. the show. Yeah, but a good guy. He's a 
but he's able to, you know, like mind fuck people into <laughs> doing what he wants. Well, he just had that awesome. He he told all the clones that they were all the unique original, so they you know they could each individually do something. Even though it would yeah. be cooler to see each one of them do a separate thing. Yeah. And there's that but fantastic still. moment when they realize that, and he goes. I'm not the original, and he's like, "Look in the mirror." <laughs> When's the last time you looked in the mirror? <laughs> like, yeah, that, those lines are great. I love the octopus lady. Yeah, yeah, that was very too, crazy yeah. concept. It's two women who I we got to look up and see if they're sisters. They or gotta be. They twins. just look identical, but it's two women who look the same, uh, joined together at the hip, and just the acting that they do with their arms. Oh, because they're, they're all each doing it. separate things. Yes. they each. Act one like, will take a yeah. drag off a cigarette, and the other one blows the smoke out. And you know they react; they finish each other's sentences, and they react to different. I don't know. It's like, like yeah, one girl's left arm is the other woman's left arm. Well, I don't know. They're constantly crisscrossing the hands. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like they're washing dishes, and like one woman's arm has an itch, and the other woman's arm scratches it, you know, like reaches across, <laughs> across four arms. While they're washing it. dishes still at the same time. Yeah, the br- that was a pretty brilliant little choreography of the hands. Yeah, yeah, and when they're not talking in unison, like, they're finishing each other's sentences. It's I always like characters that talk in unison. I don't know why that's a weird, creepy thing to me. It mm. is. Very it's a hive mind. <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah. And I think one thing that like makes this film maybe maybe this is why it's not like a kids film what? is throughout the film there's always this to me anyways there's this impending threat of death at any uh, time isn't that every fairy tale character yeah well yeah fairy tale yeah that's what every fairy tale is is don't go outside you'll die I think yeah, it's a that's what don't eat don't I eat think, that you'll die I think it's a fairy tale tale I don't think it's a kids movie you know what I'm talking about I like, do know what you're saying. But I don't know. I think this is a kids' movie. I just, I just think it is. I think it's constructed that way. Maybe not an American kids' movie. Yeah, it does. It feels you know? to me like a kids' movie. It's like but a, again, I don't me, know like what age you would actually show it. it to that's why I keep thinking about yeah. the Tintin story structure. It feels to me like it, even though you know Tintin's a French story that that the American filmmakers adapted. It just has that just that overall adventure feel to how situations go to that go to that go to that you know it's never no one's ever just sitting down for no you know actually you know what i just was thinking of something okay i mean like uh, you know as far as like you know the reasons that we don't show kids movies i'm gonna say like that or whatever it seems to be like you know you're gonna be traumatized because like oh my god we're dealing with death but it's like that's a real life thing Oh, there's sure. boobs of these women who run out. But that's a real life thing. Yeah. There's nobody like, there's no violence that you, aside from that one scene that we talked about earlier, that you could really, like, recreate. You know? Because, I mean, that's the big fear, I think, in stuff that you show kids is, like, if they're not, <clears throat> uh, you know, uh, if they're not ready for it, they can emulate behavior that they see in a movie in a negative way and start, you know, picking on their sister and, you know, doing, th- you know. Uh, you know, so you don't want that to happen. But I'm like, this movie really doesn't have any of that. It, it maintains, like I yeah, think, like just a light you see upbeat something. kind of, you know, <clears throat> uh, attitude or you know, atmosphere through the whole thing. Like my yeah. buddy, my buddy the other day actually was talking about uh, like an episode of the original Muppet Show, and he was talking about how in this scene, <clears throat> this Muppet. It's like an adult would know that this Muppet is just taking shots, you know, doing all these shots, doing all these shots. 
And he was talking about how, like, oh, I couldn't believe this, and my little girl, la, 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 la. I was like, yeah, but what, does she actually live in a world where people don't drink shots? I mean, just because, you know, it's like, should we shelter people from these things that happen in the real world? That way, when they do find out, they might go to excess because... You know, it's like this alien. It's like the Amish thing. You you seclude them until yeah. they're eighteen or sixteen or whatever the age is. Then you let them out in the world, and they realize there's all this shit that they kept from them. So then they overindulge and splurge. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's yeah, like is a character smoking a cigar? Does that make a kid want to smoke a cigar, or is it just a kid? Does a kid recognize that this is the world I live in? People smoke cigars. Yeah, I don't know if kids yeah. realize that. I mean, we do because we're adults. But there's a certain age you got to figure out what that age is, and I guess it varies from kid to kid, right? When they're actually aware of that. Well, okay, but if you, you know. have a movie with four characters, and one of them smokes cigarettes, now is he going to look at the one character that smokes and decides, oh my god, I want to, or is he going to look at the other three characters that don't smoke and look, I mean, why, see, that's what I'm saying, why wouldn't, <laughs> why wouldn't the other characters that don't the smoke old, be just as Di- much the as... The old Disney movies pulled it off by, by usually associating by usually associating like the characters that smoked as far as like being evil, like a lot of the old Disney cartoons, like Pete, you know, yeah, he was a like cigar. smoking a giant cigar, well, and yeah, then he go Mickey's and he fir- Mickey's first cartoon is he he does chewing tobacco. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, know Willie does. Yeah, he does chewing tobacco. Son of a bitch. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I just well, think I, mean, uh, like, I just think like even with the Muppets is that like that is how we like stopped pretty much intelligent comedy in cartoons and the Muppets and the it's like there was always the humor for the adults but it was a goofy cartoon that was doing funny stuff for the kids but we took out all the good adult stuff that actually made made it smart to begin with so we have this watered down idea of of the world that we should show our children that's just completely just fake and bullshit where everybody's just you know the nice. ironic thing here is, is that none of us actually have kids. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, but I am a child. I'm a child at heart, and I grew up watching. We cartoons. were kids. I, I still watch cartoons. Right? I yeah. was once so a I kid. I feel like I have. I feel like I saw that transition to when because ca- car- cartoons got smart again in the age of Rocco's Modern Life and Ren and Stimpy and Doug and you know the humor got a little bit more for older adults, and that's why we're at now like American Dad, Family Guy, where the shit's only for adults. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we've just progressed that way that's like, oh my god, smut makes more money? But we're just gonna throw all our attention on that. Have you watched, like, Adventure Time or Regular Show or any of those? I, no, I actually haven't. I, I mean, a lot of people talk about it. That's a, a really... It, it's, it's a fine line, I think, between like the adult stuff and the kids stuff. I mean, it's like made just for teens, really. I mean, it's got, like, it's funny to me. Maybe I'm a little bit immature, but uh, <laughs> at the same time, you know, I mean, they never, like, I don't, I guess there's still values in the stories that they tell. Yeah. But they're just, like, clouded within this, like, you know, cynical, it's almost like cynical storytelling, which I think uh, that's what I find funny, you know. I mean, it's like the sarcastic outlook of life. And it's, you know, coming from a bird and a raccoon. And, you know, I, I was watching... Kerm- okay, I was watching... What was I watching? Oh, I was watching the Muppet movie. And that is the 
the character of Kermit the Frog is Jim Henson's like cynical outlook because he's surrounded by all these crazy like Muppets, you know, Fozzie Bear. And I think the line specifically is uh, is uh, the band uh, Doctor Teeth's uh, Electric Mayhem. The band like paints their their car like all crazy, and Fozzie Bear goes, "Oh, I don't know how to how to thank you." And uh, Kermit says, "I don't know why to thank you." <laughs> you know, it's like, and that is your character's voice. You're looking at all these this crazy world, and he is the one like supposedly sane thing and that is you who you're relating to you know yeah but yeah you take that out it, it, i don't know that's that's funny the new the new muppet movie was just a phenomenal movie actually phenomenal i mean, I mean because it's like all right just it, it's like it's a it's a it's an homage to the old stuff but yet new in its own way. I was just impressed they were able to work in CeeLo Green's Fuck You onto the soundtrack of the Muppet movie. Did they? Did they really? Yeah, the fucking... It's not the, the F.U. version? Well, the chickens Oh, the singing. chickens. But, but they, still, but, I'm like, but they did they're that, singing but, Fuck You. But they, did that, but they did that back <laughs> in the 70s. That's what yeah. I'm talking about, doing things to... I like how when they did uh, Smells Like Teen Spirit and when they get to... Beaker, who's supposed to say my libido, he goes me 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 mo. <laughs> you know that's funny. That's that's how you have the adult humor with the child humor. You know because they don't. You know they're not gonna know. Who's the writer? It's Siegel. It was Jason Siegel. I think one other guy too. Yeah. But I mean, I think, I think it's just like a love story to uh, how basically things used to be, really. Well, I mean, I got, I, like, interviews with Jason Segel, I mean, like, when he wrote the movie, because he had to, like, write the movie and, like, really work really, really hard to actually make a Muppets movie, and, like, when he actually got to meet, like, Kermit the Frog, he, like, broke down in tears, because he was just, it was just, like, an emotional Dude, moment Dude, that movie, fuck, I just watched <laughs> that movie yeah. the other day, I cried for the first 20 minutes of that fucking movie. I shit you not. That movie... <laughs> Makes me think about how childhood is over, and especially how I'm talking about how they don't allow for... It's like, it's like okay, we have two versions of, of reality now, or, you know, the Matrix as we're shown, shown it. We've got the super clean, squeaky clean, unrealistic, your child could actually never live up to the values in the worlds we're trying to show them. And then we've got the super cynical, you know, abortions are hilarious and cancer is so funny and, like, I just carjacked you, ha, 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 you know. It's like we don't have that middle ground anymore, you know, where we thought, oh, kids' movies shouldn't have that much adult stuff. And then it's like, well, actually, that middle ground was the only way we had, like, a sane world in a way. What was the Polar Express? I never saw Polar Express. I didn't dig that sort of motion capture thing they had going on there. I would say that's living up to some sort of an idealistic life that, like, you know, just the fact that the kids go to sleep if you're listening to this. The fact that, you know, like, it's... Sure, you're, you're <laughs> yes, we watch the burbs. You better not be listening to this. They won't even watch movies before, like, 22 or... <laughs> yeah. They're not going to watch. It's, it's the idea, like, you know, I mean, even the fact that, like, the Santa Claus is real and the North Pole, you know, that's living up to the idealistic world that the kids can never live up to, you know. Like, they're adults. They ha that, that squeaky clean future that Travis is talking about. Like, I think that Polar Express would fall into that. Mm -hmm. That sort of ideals that... 
you have, like, you show your kid this because one day they can be president, you know, I mean. <laughs> yeah, the, it's like yeah. You'll never have to. You'll never have to work a Joe job just to support the kid that you had on accident. You know, <laughs> it's like they're not showing the real, the, the, the real possibilities. Or you know, it's all about you, 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 you. Do the math. You can't all be president. <laughs> math. There's no way. So okay, do we have? Uh, I think we probably did this already. But final words on uh, on city lost children. I guess I'll go last. So Brent, uh, Brent liked it a lot. I thought that it Brent was Brent Likey. Uh, Brenty Likey. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it, it went in. You know, like I was saying, you get right into the story, and uh, you find everything else out as you go along. It was a lot of fun. I like it. Travis, it's an adventure movie that unfolds before your eyes. When people say movies need all this exposition and shit, no, you got to show a person stand up. Walk outside a door. Go down the stairs. That's making a movie. That's showing what's happening. If people think that that's not storytelling, they, they don't know what they're talking about. If you need a person's, like, past 15-year history just to, like, come up with, like, hey, I'm the action star for the next uh, hour and a half, then you're thinking too much about, you know, <laughs> just bullshit. That's, so it's a good movie. Tom. Ah. I was I was disappointed in the movie. I liked its visual style. The fact that I was disappointed in the movie may or may not had something to do with the fact that there was a playoff game going on. But bullshit. I don't. That's what I said. That's, it. that's the last time, right there. No more fucking football references. Wow. This is bullshit. Wow. Saturday night. Well, uh, well, I guess this is my pick, so I mean, I'm going to go with a positive spin on it. I don't it. like it. You know, it was, uh, I think it's a very, it's a sweet film. It's a very visually arresting movie. I mean, it's it's up there with, I mean, I don't know. You know, I mean, there's like a handful of movies that you would recommend to say, like, this is a... I would have said know, Amelie if I didn't know he directed it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. I mean, again, that may be a more approachable movie than this, but, uh, you know, this is like the... The, the sci-fi fantasy version. This one appeals more to me. This is the one I would watch more. <clears throat> Amelie may be the better movie, but yeah, I mean, I would definitely say you gotta you gotta go out and check this movie out. And if you want to find us online, because you're listening to this already, you've already found us on iTunes or via Saturday Night Freak Show. Blogspot.com. You can also find us at Sat Freak Show on Twitter. You can talk to us. And who knows, maybe we'll read your stuff on the air and make you just as famous as we are. As in Which not is at all. not very famous. Next week, I'm going to be showing Idiots and Angels, a full-length animated movie by Bill Plimpton, the only independent animator in America who does all his animations 100% by himself. I will even be showing his... Academy Award nominated short film Your Face uh, from 1988. Cool. Yeah, his cool. latest thing was just he did the opening on The Simpsons. He did the couch opening on The Simpsons. Oh, I think I saw that. Yeah. I might have it on VHS. I might be able to yeah. bring it over. <laughs> just to I don't sh- have a VHS. VCR. Okay. You're gonna bring the VCR over. Yeah. Uh, Maybe futuristic technology here on the Saturday. Futuristic night technology show. means nothing. Soon <laughs> it will take you over. You have to realize one day the Skynet will be online, <laughs> and you got to know who's your who's your enemy. It's not your toaster. The freak show can play all forms of media. That's right. Damn it. We can handle everything. <laughs>
That's pass. a topic I want to touch on sometime. Like, okay, you know, like I, I, I just asked on Facebook a few days ago, like, what's, what do you think the future is, Star Trek or Mad Max? Who do you think the destroyer of the human race is going to be? Aliens or sentient robots? <laughs> <laughs> or asteroids. Ooh, Could be an asteroid. Asteroid bugs. Or <laughs> or is it man? It's our own imagination. Our own sciences. It makes me want to watch Quiet Earth. It's yes. like not a... Gr- Have you ever seen The Quiet Earth? No. It's not like a... It's not like the most brilliant sci-fi movie in the world, but I've never seen a movie talk about this subject where it's like scientists were playing with like the molecular structure of the universe and like threw us out of alignment. So like people are dis- there's these weird flashes every once in a while and people are disappearing like you'll be walking down the street flash you could be in San Francisco. Yeah. It's like the dimension is warping and it's yeah, got like one yeah. of the most beautiful images at the end of the movie. Where it flashes... Oh, wait, I haven't seen it. Well, I'm not going to say... I'm just showing the image. It's All not right. how the movie ends or whatever. But he he's on a beach, right? And uh, and he... he It's like you think the moon's like really close. Like you think it's a nice shot of the moon all close or whatever. And uh, like these clouds clear and it's Saturn. <laughs> it's like so the Earth was like... was 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 uh, oh, warped, yeah. like, oh, close yeah. to Saturn. Uh, well, I don't know if the Earth was warped the, to Saturn or what. <laughs> I think that I might be giving away yeah, the ending. Yeah, po- it's the poster, so it's oh, not man. giving away the oh, ending. It's okay. the it's the Because be- it's the best image in the whole damn movie. It's from New Zealand, so it's got that, like, we got three people in this movie, and a bunch of, I mean, they had to have an empty town. That's the cool thing about this movie. It's one of those deserted city movies, like a Twilight Zone episode. Mm-hmm. Pretty good movie, though. Pretty good sci-fi movie if you've never seen it. There you have it. So until next time, freaks, tune in next time. Freak out!